Uh, but also I realized there's some challenges that we're in, you know, and uh, we keep saying this, this truth about um, destiny is far more revealed in times of crisis and confrontation than it is in times of comfort. And I think that's, we've experienced that in, in what we've gone through. It hasn't been a comfortable time in any sense, but destiny has been revealed through this crisis. What, what we've been called to has been highlighted again. What God's doing has been highlighted again. And I do want to remind us again, we cannot be nostalgic for a season we no longer live in or an era we no longer live in. We can't hang for what was. We've got to operate in the now and into the future that God has for us. And ignorance is not bliss. We need to know what God's doing. We need to get on board with what He's doing in this time and in this season. And uh, we need to, as I keep saying, and I want to keep saying these things, we need to lead into purpose. Uh, Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the purposes of God that prevail. Eugene Peterson says, we humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. So we need a brainstorm, we need the plans, but it's got to fit into the purposes of God. So let's lead into purpose, keep living and leading with purpose. We also need to keep leading prophetically, seeing the future, preparing for the future and becoming the future. What is God highlighting now in this season, in this time, in the regions that we're working and the regions we've yet to reach? Let's be prophetic, not just holding it out or waiting on it, but actually stepping into hearing God for what works, what's this new season requiring of us and where we're at and what we're doing. Well, we always say this, but what we believe about the future will determine how we live and lead in the present. So think about the future, lead for the future, and make decisions based on what's to come rather than just what we're facing right now. Being prophetic. Also keep pioneering, friends. That, that is why we are here. We, we're here to take ground. This team's about taking ground. The kingdom's about advancement, not maintaining, not holding on, not hankering for, but advancing, taking ground. And so I know it's in your heart and you're planning, and I trust it's just uh, we're continuing to pioneer and continue to move, occupying and possessing, not waiting out the season. Take ground in it. God's doing great things. But what I have realized and what I want to just share with you for the next few moments, it's a great obvious text, uh, but, but it's an it's, it's a old challenge for a new season. I do believe we're into something new again, new fresh season, and we walk in in some of the greater plans of God. But there's an old challenge that's requiring. And I, I woke up earlier this morning. I thought God really just put this on my heart. All the, I had all these other wonderful things I thought to minister, to challenge us with. But it's a fresh challenge of an old truth, but is needed and necessary. And I, I know you guys know this. I know you preach on it all the time. So do I. But I, I feel like it's not to be preached out there. It's to be understood for us. God's challenging us just to come back to some of these things. Many are, are in the season leading out of fear. There's fear that's kicked in, and I guess that's a reality, but we can't lead God's people into a great future if it's done in fear. And also others are frustrated. There is a frustration that's kicked in, and things taking longer than we thought, and how does it all look? And, all? and so many leaders I talk with are exhausted, and in a sense, they're frustrated. That's another thing is that many are leading out of fatigue. We're just tired, and, and we, I get that, and the season has required a lot of us. Uh, but it's dangerous, friends, to lead God's people into their future if we're exhausted and tired. And don't make decisions in despair. Make sure that their decisions are made in strength, in hearing God and what He's called us to. And then many are also just leading out of flesh. I mean, we, we're not hearing God. We're not able to. It's like so many things. We're just learning from one another and each other. And we're doing things out of reaction and observation rather than revelation. And I, I kind of feel that would get us back into what was. I kind of feel... We will get busy with a whole lot of other stuff that God's eliminated, taken from us in this season. It's like, let's be better at a few things and try and do everything again 
And I think that's something of hearing God and simply doing what it is He's called us to do. And in doing that, some are losing their focus. And maybe we are as well. And, and so the challenge is come back to the being focused. Too many leaders are losing their way. And I've said this many times, people lose their way when they lose their why. And so just again, nowhere in Scripture, just to remind you, are we promised that the believer's life is going to be an easy one? Any believer, let alone leaders of leaders. And uh, in fact, the opposite is true. John 16, 33. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so difficulties will come and trials will cross our paths. And often, many will want to be tempted to drop out of this race or fall away. And that seems to be the idea of the, the book of Hebrews. Yeah. So go with me, Hebrews chapter 12, quickly, please. These believers were enduring a terrible time of trial and persecution. In light of that, the writer is attempting to encourage these weary, hurting believers to be faithful to the Lord and to continue to run their race. The author of Hebrews is comparing this Christian walk, this, this walk with him as a race, right? It's a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so let's read Hebrews chapter 12 in verse 1. It says, Therefore, it's on the back of Hebrews 11, which we love to talk about, this, the, 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 the hallmarks of faith and the, whole, the, 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 the people who've walked in all these things because of their faith, commended for their faith, and then we get to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangling us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love this text because it's this imperative in the phrase, Let us fixing our eyes on Jesus. It speaks of united action. Let us. This isn't a one-off or a, a, a simple response. It's a letting us. It's a corporate united of individual response, but we've got to be united. Let us. It speaks of a, de a de definite action, fixing our eyes. And it speaks of a single aim on Jesus. The author is comparing, as I said earlier, this Christian life to a race. So, you know, we've heard it. We've all quoted it. Where you look is where you live. Well, the reality is we need to look in four places from what he shared and challenged, uh, the, the, the author has challenged through the book of Hebrews. And to where we look is where we live. So he's saying, look back. This cloud of witnesses, they have run their race. They have received their reward. And they revealed that God is reliable. I mean, friends, that's got to give us courage. Maybe we've never been this way before. They didn't walk through what we've walked through. But they walked through stuff. And they revealed that God is reliable and they can trust Him in it all. And they did what they were supposed to. They've now received their reward and they've run their race, whatever they were facing. And, and again, I, I'm not trying to cheerlead us here. I'm trying to challenge us. Let's keep running. Look back. We've got this cloud of witnesses. They've proven to us God is faithful. Uh, we can trust Him. He's reliable. They finished their race. So can we. So let's finish our race and make sure it's this cloud of witnesses as we look back. They're cheering us on into the future that God has. Secondly, he tells us to look in. 
Look in. And I think this season has been a looking in, looking into, the, into things that we're involved in. But he says, let us throw everything that hinders, throw off anything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And proper preparations. I remember, and I've said this and I've been challenged by it, at the beginning of 2020, I felt God says the season of release. And we began to preach season of release. And you know, but, but I also, then we got locked up, like lockdown happened three or four months later. And you're like, well, how was that a season of release? Well, actually, we have been released of a lot of things. And it's, it really didn't play the way I intended or even thought. But I look back and say, we have had to look in and deal with stuff. We've had to get rid of stuff. We've all, friends, been so busy doing things because it's what we do. And God has released us from some of those things. So we've had to look in. What are those things that are hindering us from running this race? And even going forward, I think even in this lockdown and the pandemic and so on, maybe we've picked up some more things that we just need to throw off. And I feel like as I woke up this morning, there's some things maybe just for yourself, challenge you to throw these things that are entangling us or holding us back. We need to make proper preparations for the now and for the future. I keep thinking whenever I read this text of that ill-fated Franklin expedition. In 1845, many of you know the story, Franklin sailed from England to find a passage across the Arctic Ocean. And the crew loaded their two sailing ships with a whole lot of things they didn't need. A 1,200-volume library, <laughs> fine china, crystal goblets, a sterling silverware for each officer with his initials engraved on the handles. I mean, can you imagine that? Amazingly, each ship only took 12 days' supply of coal for their steam engines. The ships became trapped, you know the story, in vast frozen plains of ice. And after several months, unfortunately, Lord Franklin died. The men decided to trek to safety in small groups, but nobody survived. One of the heartbreaking stories was two officers pulled a large sled for more than 65 miles through treacherous ice. And when rescuers found their bodies, they discovered that the sled was filled with silverware from the table. These guys took the silverware from the table to try and survive what they were facing. Friends, we would say ludicrous, insane but sometimes we can do that. We can put stuff on or, or hold on to things that we think are important that actually are going to hinder us. And so I read that story and say, man, I want to learn from that. I, I trust you do too. And even in the season, let's throw off the stuff that is not necessary. And let's, let's come back to the things that matter most and, and to give our attention and our focus and our lives and our ministries to those things. Uh, that's what actually contributed to, to their death is the stuff they didn't need. And so let's not waste our time. On those things but also the, the author encourages them to get rid of sins that easily entangles not just the things that we carry but some of the sins um, this refers to sins which cling to or distract or entangle or trip us up as a runner it's the picture of a man trying to run a race while dressed in long flowing robes of the day and tripping over them so whatever that means for you my friends Please, let's throw it off. As we look back, we see these guys surrounding and cheering. They've run their race. They've proved God. Secondly, let's look in and deal with the stuff, the, the things that are not necessary, as well as deal with the sin that so easily entangles us. Kick, get rid of it so we don't trip up in this incredibly exciting season that we're facing. Thirdly, he speaks about looking forward, running the race with perseverance, this race that's been marked out for us. I mean, I love those words, marked out for us. I often find myself thinking about that. And while we're in a team together and while we're all called to similar things, ultimately my understanding is we all called to run our own race. 
And I think this is where we get in troubles when we're trying to run someone else's race or try and focus on what they're doing rather than what we're doing. And that's where we see many leaders trip up and fall. They're so focused on their people, focused on other pastors, or they lose their way. Stick to your race. Stick to my race. We each have our own race to run. I need you to run your race, and you need me to run our, my race. And I've seen guys finish well recently, and it's because they've run their race, and they're continuing to the next thing. And their breakthrough is our breakthrough, but their falling down would be our falling down. And so run your race, my dear friend. This challenges us to remember you can't run in my lane, and I can't run in your lane. I'm convinced, as I said earlier, this is the biggest, cause, the, the, the biggest hindrance to the cause of Christ by those who refuse to run in their own lane. And they're too busy hindering everyone else around them. Run in your race. We're not competing against each other. We're on the same team, but we're running our race. My job is not to outrun anyone else or to outrun you. My job is to run for Jesus, the race that He's planned for me, the best of my ability. Our course, I believe, has been individually designed. And while it interconnects and while we're connected together and we're stronger together, and those are truths we also called for this individual race. It's up to us to walk with Him and make sure we stick into His plan. The race you are running, I believe, has been prepared just for you. I go back to David's Psalm 16 when he thanks the Lord for this incredible inheritance he's been given. And Psalm 16 verse 5, he says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. Verse 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. So what are some of the things that are hindering this race in looking forward? Well, what about the future? Obviously, we talk a lot about that. But the future, what we believe about our future, being prophetic, will determine how we live and lead in the present. And uh, we've said this many times. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. In other words, the generations coming after us who are going to live with the consequences of what we're doing today, friends. And that's not a thing to feel bad for. It's a reality, though. We must build with weeks, months, and years, and, and generations in front of us who are still to come by how we respond to the things God's called us to even today. In our decision-making, they, they all have ramifications for the future. What we highlight, what we discard, what we get rid of even in the season. We better make sure that what we get rid of is what God wants us to get rid of, not what we think we don't need anymore. Some of the values that we've been holding dear to are not to get rid of. God has called their biblical values that matter, and we need to work together, work hard for the next generation to inherit this. Don't let the present determine the future. Rather, let the future determine the present. What will this look like in the future? What has God called us to? Don't make decisions on the future based on the present. I'm watching. I'm sure you two guys just making bad decisions because they're not thinking long term. And so... It's this thing, this, this race marked out for us. We need to think of the future. Present, make present decisions based on God's future for us. That's how we've got to operate, I believe. If you're following Christ, remember, every decision is spiritual. We need to inquire of Him, not just go along and do whatever we want to do. So in the future, in our dreams, not just decisions, but dreams. Are you still dreaming about a future? Not of a history, of a future. Uh, build His dream. And his dream will build us. I believe that. And so we will always live in something bigger than what we can come up with. And just to remind us, in all that we've just gone through, don't let the details destroy the dream God's given us. Let the dream keep us dreaming and finding the way forward rather than allowing our details to determine the future. 
that God has. I hope that works for you. This is a season to walk on water. It's a season to step out and a season to walk in the big things that God has. And so it means we've got to think beyond what it is. Dream the dream again, my dear friends. And difficulties stop us. What are some of the things that hinder our race? Difficulties. I've said this many times. The devil uses the method of gradualism to wear down God's people. Temptation, trials, and tragedies. And don't doubt in the dark, as we all quote. Don't doubt in darkness what God has revealed in the light. Let's stick to what He's called us and keep going forward. In our desires, not what we want, but what God wants. Let your kingdom come, is Jesus what He taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come. What that means is, I let my kingdom go. It's not my desires, not my wants. It's His. And uh, why did God choose Abraham? Was it because he was old or was because he had no children? Uh, he actually tells us in Genesis 18 verse 19, I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. Why did God call him? Because he was future focused. He was about the future. Not his thing, not his thing, but God's thing and the focus. And if you want to build for the next generation, we know this. We've got to keep building with them. Uh, another thing is not just uh, those, but, but faith. What, what stops us is lack of faith. Hebrews 11, the text before this one we've just read, speaks about that. And we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when I read faith, when I read about faith, it's not this hanging on and holding on. It's actually active obedience. It's doing stuff. It's action. It uses words like faith understands in verse 3 of Hebrews 11. Faith offers in verse 4. Faith builds. We see that in verse 7 with Noah building the ark. Faith obeys Abraham, verse 8, going where he didn't know where he was supposed to go, but he went anyway in absolute. Faith enables, verse 11. It says, By faith Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father. Why? Because he trusted God and he activated in faith what God. Faith longs for a future that God is a forward-looking grace. Faith blesses. By faith, in verse 20 of Hebrews 11, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. And whenever you read about faith in Scripture, or certainly in the New Testament, you see fruit, but it's always future-focused. And for instance, for me, the challenge is in faith. We need faith. Familiarity, yes, but faith. And, uh, and we need to keep on moving into the things God has for us in this season. Faith worships. So stay full of faith. Thirdly, another thing hindering is focus. I just stating the obvious. We get so busy. We've got to learn to live in this world and operate and minister to this world without getting uh, distracted. We can't eliminate distraction. we just got to stick to know and know what it is God's got. Even as a team, I'm just being straight up with you guys. I think at times we get so busy with the wrong things because we're listening to people rather than listening to God. And so just keep coming back to this thing of being focused. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. Live with with distractions without becoming distracted. Um, finances is another thing that would hinder us in this race going forward. I think we've all been hit a bit financially uh, with all that's happened, uh, but we can't allow the finances we carry to determine what it is God's called us to. Yes, bring what we've got, trust God, but God's call to us is way bigger than what we can come up with. And so don't let finances in this season hold us back. Let's trust God. Let's see what God can do, not what we can do. It's not up to God. It's up to us bringing ours to connect with what God's doing in order for God to do it. But please, friends, let's make decisions based on the future, not on the financial things that we carry right now. And factions is another thing that messes up our race 
uh, um, looking forward, the future factions, where we begin to divide against each other and so on. Let's not have that. Let's deal with our issues. Let's work together, celebrate united in purpose, but but uh, diverse in, in gift and grace, all right? We need to work with all sorts, all kinds of people. That's God's way, and we see that in Scripture. So that's what he says, look forward. And then lastly, I want to say, Paul, uh, the writer of Ephesians says we need to look up. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Plainly put, this means we're to use Jesus as our focal point while we run the race we've been given. Not looking to ministry, not looking to stuff, not looking to nations, not looking to each other, not looking backwards, not looking forwards, not looking inwards. Focusing on Jesus, the unchanging one. You know, if you want to be distressed, look within only. <laughs> if you want to be defeated, look back only. If you want to be distracted, look around only. If you want to be dismayed, dismayed look ahead only. But if you want to be delivered, look up. It's in that place, my dear friends, when we look to Jesus, focus on Him, we run. We're not to look at the other runners. We'll get distracted if we do. We're not to look to circumstances. I think doing so will result in distraction and defeat. Our eyes are to be the one, on the one who started us on this race and the one who will greet us at the end of this race. Our primary duty while here on earth running is to look to Him. That looking unto Jesus as the object of our faith, as the author of our faith, as the pioneer of our faith, as the finisher of our faith, as the goal of our faith. And so in this season, look back and know that others have gone before us and they've run their race. Look within, deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with. Anderson that is so easily entangling us. Look forward with anticipation of this incredible future God has for us and look up into seeing Jesus, the absolute perfecter of our faith, the one who holds true to what it is we're about. He's the one we have victory in. He's the one that matters. He's the one that does not change. It's for Him, my dear friends, we do what it is we're doing, whatever season. And He showed us the way, endured the cross, as the Bible tells us, scorning a shame, because for the joy set before Him. So, again, nothing new, but a challenge for us just to adjust these things, an old challenge for a new season. We're in a new season. We've got to go for it. We've got to go big in this season. We've got to really trust for strength and courage to... to, to, to um, Establish base churches everywhere, but also to pioneer and take ground going forward, to raise up generations around us, to raise up all sorts of people, empower people, equip people, but keeping them focused on Jesus and getting the job done so our King Jesus can come home and re get us to take us to be with Him.